Hey, volleyball coaches, the new USA Volleyball Coach Academy is available now. Subscribers will have access to engaging interactive modules taught by top coaches from across the country, including national team coaches and staff. From fundamentals to advanced play, all coaching content is based on the USA Volleyball development model to help you coach the whole athlete. USA Volleyball members will have free access to the bronze tier. When you're ready to level up, you can subscribe to the silver or gold tiers. Live online sessions are only available in the gold tier. Watch out for more information on USA Volleyball social media and the USA Volleyball website. Colorado. This is the USA Volleyball Show. And here are your hosts, Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson. La 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 la. I'm just kidding. It's finally uh, technically uh, December. I mean, not now at the time of this recording, but we are now in uh, December. Wow. What a what a uh, what a blow by year. Stephen, one of our 52. How are we in December? How? Happy holiday. <laughs> Happy holidays to you as well. Speaking of, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was really laid back. I literally just, I just relaxed in my apartment, cooked a bunch of untraditional Thanksgiving food and call it a day. Um, Yeah, that's about it. What what food? I made some Korean ribs the first time. Really good, by the way. Still have some leftovers. I'm going to go get some right after we record this. Uh, Some crab stuffed mushrooms. Uh, mac and cheese, which is technically traditional. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm blanking out. Oh, yeah. Some fried chicken. That was it. It sounds like you're going to be uh, cooking for us on our road trip coming up, which we'll be we'll be talking about on this episode a little bit. But uh, that food sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I've been I've been eating it for the past week and a half. Too. It's been great. But, <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty good Thanksgiving as well. Uh, my wife and I traveled back to uh, to Dallas to see my family. Uh, we were out there for a little about a week, about a week. And I uh, got to see family. got to see a bunch of friends. Uh, went to a Dallas Stars game, which ended up being kind of an insane game uh turns out it was the it was the uh they played the blackhawks Ooh, yeah that's always a good game yeah Mm -hmm. turns out so they were they they were down 4-1 in the third period and turns out Mm -hmm. it was the biggest nhl comeback in history really Um, and they ended up winning 6-4 so that was that was a tough one It was like wild. we did not sit at all in the third period. We just we were standing up the entire time, goal after goal. I would have been losing my mind. That makes me miss working for um, hockey teams, man. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been tough sitting out this season, but yeah, it was yeah, a lot man. of fun. They're the best. They're cold, but once you start getting going and once you start getting uh, that adrenaline going as a fan, it's just ooh, I, ooh, that's a, that's a great comeback. I can't even. 
put words together. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I I don't think I can go to another hockey game ever. Just Mm-mm. just leave that one at the at the top. <laughs> well, that was like me. I just went to my first Nuggets game actually um, a little bit ago before the Thanksgiving break, and um, a good friend of mine. We used to work for the Kings back in L.A. before I moved out here, and we just stayed in really close contact. And she was in town. One of her clients gave her tickets, and. Uh, Stephen, these were courtside um, tickets with all access to the Lexus Club at Ball oh Arena. So literally everything was free. All the all, all the food you can eat. We were right by the players tunnel. So uh, I high fived with, uh, you know, the Joker and uh, Jamal Murray as they walked through. Some people ignored my handshakes, but it's OK. You know, again, you got you got a basketball game to play. But like I am spoiled. I will never you run into our friend Chris Marlowe. <laughs> I didn't actually. <laughs> I didn't. I was looking around and stuff for him, but I didn't see him. But um, <clears throat> I got to figure out where who is where they're supposed to be when it comes to that type of stuff in the arena. I'm so used to Staples Center. Well, formerly yeah, known yeah. Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. But arenas are different, you know, so it's hard to locate that stuff. But yeah, I'm spoiled. And uh, long story short, I'm very spoiled and don't know if I can ever go to another Nuggets game. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh Speaking of fun, you you've been traveling a little bit. We missed you on episode fifty one. Oh, dude, uh, I was, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't like that. I don't like podcasting without you. I think <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> just play the I got a tiny violin. I'm playing for. I'm there we go. <laughs> no, but it, but, it uh, where, it, it legit sucks. Yeah, when, where know, where in the world have you been? Where, where have you so, been? So, uh, we had a really quick uh, turnaround trip to your hometown, Dallas, Texas. Actually, right. uh, we met. Uh, we just went for a site visit and met with the Dallas Sports uh, Commission and the Convention Center staff to get a leg up and just get a lay of the land for Opens in 2023. And I will tell you guys, I am so excited for this year in Opens. You guys thought Orlando was good as they, as that was the return year from COVID. Dallas will be that times 50. I cannot wait for it. And I'm going to put a team together, too. I'm going to put a co-ed force team together, see if I can help run it, help run the tournament and also uh, play a little bit, too. I'm just I, I just I can't I can't sit out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there may or may not be. Uh, an adoption slash petting uh, zoo there with uh, oh, dogs inside mm-hmm. scoop inside scoop may or may not we're still working out the kinks there but very 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 big possibility and for those of you who are 21 and up there may or may not be a beer garden there with a dj uh you know you didn't hear this from me but uh yeah wow mm-hmm. wow that's exciting stuff I, I definitely have to get there maybe i'll put a team together maybe i'll sneak onto your Ooh, team we'll see hey, i'll uh, i'll waive your registration fee i'm just kidding i'll double it <laughs> double it <laughs> oh that's awesome well glad to have you back clarence and uh excited to to hear more uh as the event details uh unfold mm-hmm. excited to have you back though um yeah speaking of uh episode 51 uh Again, yeah, really, really sad that uh, that you had to miss that one, or at least uh, the recap of that one yeah, uh, to talk that was through. A, that was a really good interview, really good conversation, really good one with Jen. Uh, just really quickly, uh, do you have any highlights from from that interview with Jen uh, that we were on? Again, I'm I'm sure. I mean, you guys already touched on like basically a lot of that um, with with the episode that I missed. But um, again, I love how she reiterated on 
just a community within a community. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's really hard to understand uh, if you haven't been at these events, if you haven't experienced, um, you know, the type of camaraderie and personalities and just the type of individuals that our USA Volleyball officials are, and they are there for each other. And it's really hard to understand. And even, even from my perspective of helping run these events and even on the coaching side, it is a different lens. It's a different um, point of view from that official side. And they are there for each other and have each other's back through thick and thin and the best times there. Yeah, it was a, it was an awesome conversation with Jen. And if you haven't already listened to it, go back and listen to episode 51. Great part is you don't have to listen to them in order either. You can finish off episode 52 here and then go back and listen to episode 51. It's officials week on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, and we talked to Jen Kay Vandermeer, uh, a an, an USA Volleyball official in episode 51. And we have another great guest, another great USA Volleyball official on this episode. But before we get to that, let's check in with news, with Hughes. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, this is a pretty big announcement, pretty important announcement, too. Um, there might or may or may not be a, a promo video um, following this, too, by the way. But a pretty big announcement here. Uh, the, right. the USA Volleyball show is hitting the road. That's right. We'll be packing up and driving all the way to Omaha ahead of the 2022 AVCA convention, uh, that is the American Volleyball Coaches Association convention, and the NCAA Women's Volleyball National Championship game. That is right. Be sure to stay tuned in uh, for some exclusive behind-the-scenes features, shots, takes uh, at the AVCA and NCAA tournament. If you're traveling there, stop by the USA Volleyball booth. We will be there. We will have a very, very big and active presence there. And uh, say hi if you see us. Uh, You know, uh, Stephen might give you $5. He might give you $20. We'll see. Curtis might give you a high five and some uh, video screen time. You know, you never know. <laughs> I will run away. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But um, we'd love to chat with you guys. Uh, definitely if you're there, say hi to us in person. Um, this is a really, really, really big opportunity for um, us and <clears throat> us being able to represent the podcast and USA Volleyball show. We are so excited. Whew. Up next. We said it in the last episode, but it's such a big uh, news. We need to say it again. Uh, USA Volleyball signed Beach Nation as its official beach volleyball education partner. And it will be with Beach Nation to develop uh, education content for the USA Volleyball Coach Academy. Beach Nation is one of the country's premier beach volleyball training organizations dedicated to creating and maximizing educational opportunities for beach volleyball players and coaches. USA uh, V members, uh, USA V member coaches get free access to Coaches Academy bronze tier and discounts on the upgraded silver and gold tiers. <clears throat> uh, big congratulations to Sarah Hughes. No, we're not related, unfortunately. A uh, big congratulations to Sarah Hughes and Kelly Chang for winning gold at the Torquay Challenge in Australia. This is their first international gold medal since reuniting uh, this team with their pairing. The NCAA Women's Volleyball National Championship brackets are out. Who you got? Who are you rooting for? Steven, who you got? Oh, we're getting to this right now. Okay. Okay. We can. I just want to hear. No, you no, 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 no. We can, we can circle it. back to it if you want. We can. No, I who love you it. Got? I love it. I, it's not who you think. It's not who you think as a, as a Texas native. Mm. I'm going with Nebraska. 
Wow. Um, I think Nebraska been... in Omaha, in Omaha, in front of the, the home crowd. You, you got to get the Huskers. That, I'm I, I'm just I heard from the city of Dallas. Uh, you got to get that tattoo removed because <laughs> uh, they are very disappointed in you for not choosing Texas. But um, mine's a toss up. Uh, I, I'd like to see Wisconsin repeat uh, Wisconsin, as T-Pain would say. But um, yeah, Wisconsin or like I'm also on the same page with you with um, uh, with Nebraska. Uh, yeah. You know, it's corn. Yeah, I like that. I saw, corn. Your, I, I saw your Venmo <laughs> payment there. But again, <laughs> that's my toss up. We'll kind of get into it towards uh, the later half of the show here. Uh, leave you on that cliffhanger here. Uh, but yeah, before we wrap up news with Hughes, more information on all of these and other news can be found at usavolleyball.org. Now, we've left you hanging long enough. Let's get into the episode. We had a great conversation with USA Volleyball official Sean Davis. Uh, Sean, also, you probably will uh, recognize his voice if you've been to any of our national championships. He does a lot of the uh, championship announcing Mm -hmm. uh, courtside at our events, championship events. Uh, Sean has been officiating for a while now, and he's seen it all, and you'll hear some great stories from him about his experience uh, in officiating. It's just his volleyball journey overall, but let's get right into it. Here's Sean. Yeah. And I feel like we can sit here and just talk and, you know, chick chat about anything forever, but uh, let's, let's get things started. Um, this is the first question we like to ask, you know, all of our, you know, guests new or, you know, hey, you know, are reoccurring. Um, what got you in, like, what got you introduced to the game of volleyball? Uh, Olympics, man. Like I was that kid that would, uh, I mean, I I grew up in 74, so I was born in 74. Um, so my life where I am, where I'm from, from Nashville, like it's very limited. So the things that we see on TV is just what you're stuck with. So, uh, one of the things that I love watching was volleyball. As a kid. And, I, you know, we always get into the, like, I'm a baseball guy. So I'm a basketball guy. I'm a football guy. Volleyball was not on my list growing up. And volleyball was not accessible to me growing up. But being able to watch it at the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. These guys were freaking amazing. And I just uh, I was in that. I was I was engulfed by it. And I love this sense. And so that's how I got. That's how I got introduced into the sport. Again, it's through the eye. I believe to see it. Uh, the minute I got into the military, I had guys that were playing. Um, I mean, they played hard <laughs> from from Germany to Fort Lewis, Washington to Fort Sill. I mean, they played and they were actually some pretty good cats out there. Mind you, you know, it maybe just been one or two games, but I would get in there and play a little bit, try to get a chance to get my feet wet, learn a little bit. And uh, that's how I got really baptized into the sport. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the more interesting answers we, we've, you know, kind of heard. Uh, on here, you know, got a lot of people who are introduced because, you know, their older sister was at a club practice and, you know, they're just there waiting around for their parents and, you know, they got a volleyball starting to get touches on it. And, uh, you know, you bring up a very interesting, you know, reality to it where, you know, volleyball wasn't accessible to where, you know, you were growing up in your your hometown, your city. And so you really got that visual you know, standpoint of it from watching the Olympics. And it's, it's crazy to hear. And it's, you know, very unique. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from Long Beach, California. And, uh, you know, luckily now, you know, California is one of the, you know, larger uh, areas that does have boys club volleyball. But even when I was in high school, you had your football, basketball, you ran track before you did volleyball. So it was like just systematic and just, it wasn't really, you know, 
much of an option there, but it was there, but it was just very, it was very limited as well. Like I only played a year. So I think that's something very, very important you bring up. And and, and it's important to me now more Clarence since like, um, like being, being the assigner for like, um, actually a D2 conference, just the men's assigner. And man, my heart is in men's volleyball right now. Like it's, I kept trying to fight it and fight it. And then it's like, it just kept falling in my lap, man. I'm like, all right, man, let's just go with this thing. And I'm more in love with men's volleyball than I think I have ever been in my life. Because all we see is the women's, let's be clear. Like when we're growing up and I know the men's played on the Olympics and I've watched maybe one or two, but they didn't show the men's. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's just be real. They didn't show the men's at the 82 Olympics. So the 82 and 80, what's the 82, 86? Am I right? I think my time. 80, is 80, 84. 84. 80, 80, 80, 80, 84. 80, 84, yeah. 80, 84, 80, 84, 88. So let's go like that. So 80, like we didn't get that. Like I didn't get that in the 80s. Like I was six or seven years old watching this because I love sports. But no, man, they showing the women's, man, all the time. So now I'm older. Now they're showing more, which I'm like, that's what we need. More, more is more. And we need all we need, especially with how fast the sport is growing. But well, I don't want to step on any toes or step on another question that may be popping up, but I got you. Oh, you're not. I mean, I feel like that just kind of turned into, you know, what's needed at the grassroots level with, with all volleyball, you know, starting here with USA Volleyball, all these other organizations and entities that are coming up. You know, this is a big conversation. How do we continue to grow the, the boys volleyball game? How do we support the boys? How do we keep it moving forward and growing the way we want it to grow? You know, it's just an ever everlasting challenge that you know shouldn't be there but it's there it's just part of every it's, it's just a growing pain that's the part of the sport of volleyball unfortunately you know you yeah. got these men's programs losing uh you know men's uh got these men's programs these universities losing men's programs and you got new new men's programs starting up again it's just it's just trying to find that rhythm and trying to grow the game yeah yeah i'm all about that life bro i am Ugh. yeah i think that's that's just so that speaks to how important it is for to get volleyball on TV uh, where it's accessible for young kids to watch uh, both boys and girls. Um, and I, I know it's, it's happening a lot with uh, with now with NCAA showing a lot more of the women's game uh, more than ever. Um, it, it used to just be the semis and the finals uh, got on the, the big NCAA net, or in uh, ESPN networks. But but now they're showing a lot of the regular season, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping that continues and we get more of the the men's side, the boys side of the game as well. Uh, which, 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 which did happen this year. Yeah. yeah we Which was really, like you said, Robert, like we were like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you know that I think the ESPN note was close to like 500K watch that game? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. That's nice, man. And I love that part. I love that part. But yeah. And it does so much for the sport. Like you said, uh, being able to watch the Olympics, you otherwise you would have never known about volleyball or been interested in volleyball. And I, I think that happens with a lot of sports, too, uh, with the Olympics. Uh, I know just off the top of my head, curling had a huge effect when the U.S. U.S. men's team won curling and then right. curling clubs popped up all over the U.S. Uh, Everywhere. Because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, hoping that trend continues and we get more volleyball on TV that I, I just think that's just going to help the the game grassroots it up. Just mm-hmm. So, you know, the uh, there are four of us that are uh, three of the three other ones besides me. We do have a curling team. Really? Yeah, all of us are officials. Now, we never curled before, but at least we have a team. 
Okay. There yeah, you go. I'm ready. Whenever, whenever we're ready, we're going to try and get some curling in. I'm surprised you guys, you guys don't have a pickleball team ready with the way that's pickleball, going, man. too. See, don't do that pickleball stuff with me, man. Don't, don't do pickleball. <laughs> Pickleball's blowing up. I, it's it's blowing up, up, dude. Don't, don't, hey, first don't off, it's amazing how it's blown up, but I mm-hmm. would agree. I'm all about curling right now. Okay. I like to be cold. I don't like to be hot. <laughs> Can't you got your cold. you got your hoodie like, and your beanie on. You're ready to get out there on the ice. Right dude, my house is like 61 <laughs> degrees right now. I'm it's 30 degrees outside right now. We are miserable. I cannot, I miss the West Coast. Dude, I love it. I love it. Uh, switching gears a little bit, want to really want to talk to you about um, officiating. Uh, I know you you got into playing volleyball by watching it. Uh, how did you get into officiating? How did you find that part of the sport? Okay, so this this part of my life is probably is where everything spins upon. Like this situation, oh this this question, and I pondered it a lot, and I was like, you know, I got to stay out of shooting to you straight. I was a softball official working softball at the time. The lady mm-hmm. that I was working for, her name is Elaine Mitchell. Let me just tell you, for the first for the first, God, my first. Seven or eight years in the volleyball in the fishing side, like she was like my she was the goat. Straight up. And she gave me all the tools and gave me all the things that I needed in order for me to be a, a mediocre volleyball official. Now. Again, this all started with me appreciating softball because she's mm-hmm. also the softball assigner. For our, for our area. And um, I mean, I got in the soft. I mean, I was a good softball official. I, I could toot my horn on that one. And she, she asked me after the softball season was over. She said, Sean, would you like to uh, officiate volleyball? And I said, I mean, I'm I'm good at it. And she said, have you ever played it? And I was like, yeah, I played. Uh, how would you feel about officiating? And I said, uh, you know what? I'm all about trying something new. I know how the game is. Let me just figure it out. Yeah, got on the court, and um, everything's different, man. Let me tell you, when you're on the fresh stand, everything's different. And uh, in hindsight, realizing that I went in with the mindset of I can do this, and really cocky. I was young and cocky. I think I was like 30. I get out. So 19, so 35. I'm actually like really hard officiating, really decent. Like really decent matches, like really good matches at 35. I was officiating as soon as I got out at 32, but then I really started really heavy, hard hitting officiating. Uh, and like, yeah, I was like five, four years in and um, it it changed a lot. What do we, let me tell you what happened. It goes back to another question. I'm, it's going to count, but I got an answer for that question. Too. I literally went to a match. <laughs> And the coaches to this day know who they are. I went to this match and I'm officiating this match. I don't even think my sound is, I don't think Elaine knows. I don't think none of my people know. I'm walking, unfortunately, I'm officiating this match at high school, high school match. And uh, a coach who I adore now didn't at that time, <laughs> she said, that's the wrong call. And I'm sitting there like, no, ma'am, I got it. That's the right call. And I wore the point, went out, and we did whatever, whatever it was. After the match, it's complete. It's like eight o'clock at night. After the match, 
she tapped me on my shoulder and she said, you did a great job, but I need you to understand that you need to know the rules. And she gave me her book highlighted with the thing I missed. And it was at that point where I felt like that big. And I have never in my entire life felt that big. And it it opened up my eyes to say, okay, uh, I'm not as good as I think I am. Um, I'm nowhere at that level. And I have to constantly be, be humble. And it was at that point where I learned humility and how to officiate. Just officiate, period. Now, it wasn't, if I was still doing basketball, still doing softball, still doing volleyball, officiating. But it took that point for that coach to put me on my knee to say, basically, you're an idiot, but, you know, you'll figure it out. And uh, that's like my birth into officiating volleyball. And it was not easy. I like how officials think this stuff is easy. Officials who do other sports think this easy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at odds to say that this is probably the hardest sport to officiate. And Clarence can probably tell you from another perspective because he's seen us work and he's also a coach. So being able to know the difference, the catalyst of two different ideas, how they don't really go together, but they work in symbiotic form. And so that's one thing that I've learned by watching others work, uh, watching coaches, how coaches work, my wife coaches. And she'll tell me in a heartbeat, she's like, yeah, I don't know what your officials were doing this week because I signed. And she's like, I don't know what your officials were doing this week. But, I, you know, I'm like, hey, we're all learning and we've all been there. So. I, I love that we we just uh, we just spoke with uh, Jen K Vandermeer, uh, another sorry, official. Yeah, <laughs> uh, another, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she that was one of the points she brought up too is that you just learned so much. Uh, a, you know, she played volleyball her entire you know childhood, uh, played college, played professional, but was still learning so much. After all that, uh, after she got into officiating, uh, just learned so much more about the game. And that's kind of what you just spoke to as well. I think it's unique yeah. to to kind of point out how, how you pointed out uh, how you had, you know, and not an, an, an unfortunate experience, but an experience that somebody may take it a completely different direction. Like, you know, that happened to you. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they may be like, okay, I'm done. That was embarrassing. I'm never going to officiate again. You took that and let that motivate you to just be better and continue to learn just to carry into this conversation. Like, you know, just really just shows just the different reactionary points and different situations that, you know, officials and people go through in life. Like, you know, just how do you adjust to those? And, you know, seeing how that took you to where you are now in your, in your career in, in officiating is very, very impressive. Let me, let me, let me be honest, Clarence. Um, and uh, uh, same thing with Steven. I, I was scared crapless, man. When this woman came and told me that I'm gonna be honest, I was. And when I realized that how bad, how horrible I had, it was bad. I haven't really extensified how bad it was. Point blank, it was bad. It was something that probably Clarence would literally probably throw a clipboard at me for because I messed up so bad. It's like it's like seeing a player's out of rotation and they're not out, and you swear it down that they're out of rotation, and you're telling and the coach is telling you, no, they're not out. You need to look at that a little bit differently, and then you still award the wrong team the point, and you still beckon for serve to continue on. Mm-hmm. Now, like, but she did not go go that far. She left it at is. That's it. And but mm-hmm. 
me realizing that, like, that is how much I I can impact a match, impact a game. Like, that was hurtful for me. Like, to realize that I didn't know enough of the rules in which I could have literally cost that team a game. I could literally cost that team from going, moving forward in the championship or it's it's a lot to put into play. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, and I do. I mean, it was hard. It wasn't easy and it was very hard trying mm-hmm. to get past that part because it was mentally taxing. So, and I'll leave it at that. I think um, another perspective too on that, on that scenario, that experience that you had, and maybe you, Maybe you can talk a little bit about this too, but I know it it hurt you uh, to know that you just weren't as good as you thought you were uh, and knew all the rules. But from from the coach's perspective too, I think that's kind of a that was like a perfect way to approach that situation, um, just from how you told it at least. Uh, but uh, versus like throwing a clipboard at you uh, or, you know, get throwing a fit on the sideline. They came up to you uh, very respectfully and said, you did a great job. You're a great official, but uh, here's this rule that I was talking about here. It is in the book. Um, I just want to pass that along to you. Uh, Yeah. What was that? Did you like that approach to from from coach to official? I know there's so many horror stories out there from 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 both sides, just, you know, how how those things, how these things kind of go. But I guess, yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Um, I, I love the way that she approached it. Yeah. Now, that is a 90 percentile. The person that that's 10 percent of what we're going to get. If coaches right. are going to act that particular way. It just is. Uh, the 50 percent to me is when a coach asks a question, you give them an answer and they're still OK. That's 50 50. Mm-hmm. That, that happens constantly. The issue with the 50 50 is the fact that the other side of the 50 is asking the question that the 50 should know, which is the official. If the 50 is asking the question, the, the actual coach, the 50 as the official has to has to assess what that person's asking and be able to apply it to whatever just took place so they can remember, have a good, you got to have some form of different, you got to have some form of sensitive recall as an official. Coaches too. Coaches, first off, I've always said this, coaches have better recall than officials do constantly. And I say this with the apprehension of knowing that as an official, we have so much to worry about as in a coach has just their team. We have six and six. I got extra players. I got Three working. I got three kids that are doing their their line judging. I'm sorry. I got three kids at the table who are uh, flipping the score, uh, who are label tracking and who are um, uh, scorekeeping. And then you have two line judges that are on the on the court. So that's a total of one, two, three, four, five, five, five players who are officiating this match with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about it's just a, just a regular match in Colorado, whatever it is. And it's a it's a club match. And that's what you got. There is no R2 that's just like you. It's just coaches and other players. We have to, as officials, be in control of those five players plus the six that are on the court. And goodness gracious, if they do subs, you got to remember those and the ones that left off because sometimes things get misplaced and then we have to come down off the the ref stand and go fix it. So um, with that situation, I love, and she knows who she is, I have told the world about this woman. We have been in 
we were someplace. I know we I know we worked, I know I had her at mm, I want to say it was Indy, and she was in Indy working at I think it was the MEQ event, and she was there. And I told one of the one one of my officials, I think I may have even told the head rep or even the head of the head um, uh tournament director about how much this woman has impacted my life and how she did it. And so it's nonstop for me with her. It's nonstop for me when I talk about Bill. Bill is one of the guys that took me under his wing and taught me how to officiate the sport the correct way. When you have those different, those three people, I talked about Elaine earlier. When you have those two people, all you need is just one person to believe in you. Just one is all you have to do to believe in you. The rest of it has to do with yourself. How can you, are you good enough to work on your own? Jen Kay is like a great, great perspective of this, how she came from, I mean, she's a lineage volleyball family like goodness gracious the Vandermeers are a huge volleyball family and she'll tell you up and down like how she's like well I really wanted to play but I really wanted to officiate too and I'm like well how did you figure out the balance and I don't know what her answer was for that question if she didn't ask her that question that's a good follow-up question to ask her uh how she did with the balance between these two entities because she really wants to play trust me I know we work events and she's like, yep. I'll say, Hey, we're going to go get some dinner. I'm like, Nope, we're going to go play. <laughs> nope. I'm not doing that. Nope. I'm not doing that. She mentioned, uh, she hey, she we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Sean, you got to come out. I'm like, Nope, I'm good. I'm going to the room and relax. Cause my body is, my brain is tired because we have had to deal with a multiplicity of players and coaches who've been yelling at us and screaming at us or parents who have been like, you know what? You guys suck, but you know what? You know, you guys are really good. Thank you for doing this. Like, you don't know what you're going to get with these parents nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so that situation to me, I would love to see more of that. Um, it's just not going to be, and you will talk about, I know we've got another thing that's popping up another segment about it, but this is like, the stuff I want to pull my hair on, but yeah. All right. Well, we're definitely, we're definitely getting there too. I don't, we, we don't want to, uh, I can tell everybody can text a little bit more on this than, uh, than, you know, anticipated, which is, you know, good. You know, we need to have these conversations and such too. But before we get there, um, what's a, what's like a, a funny thing that's happened to you all either, uh, on the stand as an R1 or helping out as an R2 or something very memorable, you know, in a good way, you know, something funny, something, mem something that memorable. Oh man. Uh, so I, I battled with this story and I was just like, I got to tell you about it. Uh, I was in Minneapolis and I think I, I had just the previous year, I just got my junior national mm -hmm. and I'm in Indy. And uh, for those that don't know, like you get a chance to go, like when you're a regional, if they're short officials, you get a chance to work at these big events to get a feel for it before you go. So the year before that, I got a feel for it, got my national. So this is two years from that situation. I'm back in Minneapolis. And I, uh, I ate something wrong that day. And, um, Oh, this is going to be so bad. And I'm probably going to get like shunned upon. And so the photographer was like sitting underneath my rest stand and I uh, crop dusted him. It wasn't like a real smooth crop dust. It was just a real big crop dust. And I did not know he was there. So 
Um, this situation took place, and the guy tugged on my pants, and I said, "Bro, you've been in the whole time." He said, "Yes." I said, "I am so oh, sorry," no. and the guy was like, "Did you have to do it to me, bro?" I said, "Dude." I am so sorry. And he said, you know what, man? It ain't the first time. It won't be the last. So that's what he said. And I was just like, wait, so you had this done before? I had to talk to him after the match to have give some sentiment. And I, cause I really felt bad for that. Um, that is probably my funniest story as an official I've ever had. Um, man, we got to get that man some hazard pay. Whew. Yeah, and... Karma is something else, bro. And I'm up here crying because I could not stop laughing about it. And the minute I, minute I went back and um, I, I went back and I had to go turn in my score sheet. You know how this works. I go back and turn in my score sheet. So the lady who was working that, I can't remember her name at the time. She said, so I heard you had an experience. And I was like, no, no, he hasn't told anybody about this experience. Oh, no. He told him. And uh, I was like, that's that's on me. I, I will own that all day. And so that is my funny experience that I've ever had on a rest stand. I don't know if anybody else has said that story and have shared that intimate detail, but you just got it out of me. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> wasn't what I was expecting with this uh, with this question. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you met someone cool, someone famous, maybe uh, while officiating. But no, no I mean I'm, I'm in it the happens. Industry, it happens. but I'm in the music industry, Stephen. So I see everybody that's cool. That's true. That's true. I don't get yeah. starstruck. And you're, you're in Nashville, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. I don't get starstruck. Yeah. I just don't. But uh, <laughs> see, as I said, it's like when you think about it, it's like that is pretty bad. That's pretty funny. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, but pretty the, bad. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. But to this day. Per, Point blank. To this day, me and this certain photographer, we're, we're tight. Like, we're tight. <laughs> we're tight. Like, we are, we're, you're laughing. We shared an like, experience. We shared an experience. <laughs> a bonding experience. He's there. I will introduce you to him. He knows. <laughs> yes, he do. knows. And for the fact, like, he knows we're still cool. He was still cool. Matter of fact, uh, I even bought a lunch because of that. I did. better have. <laughs> yeah. A lunch that he can tolerate and I can tolerate, too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think uh, I think you've touched on this a little bit, um, but wanted to get kind of a full answer here, your your perspective. Uh, but for for anyone who, you know, maybe was maybe played volleyball growing up, um, maybe coached volleyball, maybe they're they're done playing, they're done coaching, but they want to stay involved in the game. Why? Why would you recommend officiating uh, to that person to stay involved in the game? Um. That's, that's a really phenomenal question. I, I am. I'm always the one that is searching for new people. Um, we do not have a. A draft <laughs> like an NBA NFL draft where we get the chance to pick all the officials we want. Uh, we do not have a scenario in which we have a good pipeline um, per se for USA volleyball. Uh, bringing people into officiating. Um, the biggest the biggest thing that I try to tell, and I just had this conversation at a meeting uh, for those that were going to our state championship here in, uh, in Tennessee. 
and to my board. And I told them this, I said, we are in need of you, not just here, but in, in every facet of this game. And where we need you because there, we are in limited supply. Um, there are not enough officials because of the inferiority complex that has come along with the whole thing that happened with AAU. So what I'm trying to do is trying to buffer that with a positive mindset to say that we can give you the training you need, give you the experience, get, get you the experience that you need, know if you be an efficient and, and decent official. Whether you can take that and make yourself phenomenal, that's that's great, but I'm going to give you the tools to help you and you're going to get paid per match. And so I, I try to win them over by saying this particular, and sometimes it works actually more times than often has worked more than anything else. It's like, I'm going to pay you $38 an hour to work eight hours, maybe even more that day. And you're going to go home with that check in your hand. And that is the catalyst to spending it. Because again, we're Americans. We're all about the bottom line. We're all about the dollar, to be honest. Most of us are. And for me, I want them to be lucrative. I want them to find any way I can try to get them in. I want the, I want to get them in. And that is where the rubber meets the road, Stephen. I, I mean, it just does. Because we're short. We got to get all we can at that particular point. We're short. Um. And the only way we can get it to grow and get stronger is by recruiting. And we're not recruiting enough from, from my region to uh, SoCal region, because my buddy Serge, he's out that way, and uh, to Texas, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, where the whole, I got a whole bunch of friends. Up north in New York, uh, my buddy JB's up that way. Like they always tell me that, you know, they're always short. Sean, can you come up this week? Sean, can you do this this week? Uh, to my girl, Rebecca Johannes, who's in D.C., like, hey, you know, can what you got going on this weekend? I need you here this weekend. So it's just always a need for that official. So there's there's opportunities for them. So the biggest opportunity I want to get the biggest verbiage I give them is that give you, let me give you this opportunity as as an official talking to a player or talking to a future official is the fact I want you to continue to stay in the sport because you love it. I want you to officiate the sport because you love it. If you miss a sport, I've gotten I have I have gotten dads who uh, I have I have used this analogy for dads. I said our moms. I said moms or dads come officiate. And make that money back that you got to give for club ball. Come make it back. And just take this whole year, work for me a whole year. If you like it enough, then you'll stay. And, and, they, and they do. And I've literally had two or three that have literally stayed because they love it enough. And I'm like, why wouldn't I do that? But the reason being is that we haven't done it because we don't know how to recruit. And we have to find a, a niche. And I found it. Like, I'm like, hey, we got to get these high schoolers. We got to get these young kids. You met, Ga uh, most of y'all met Gavin. Uh, Gavin is like the wonder kid. He's like 18 years old, already got a national patch already for beach. And he's working indoor. I mean, he's an amazing kid. But again, he's only 18. Think about it from that perspective. If he can do it, what makes you think there's others that don't want to? They don't even know. This is the first, you guys will love this. I, I think maybe Clarence may know about it because maybe he saw my feed on Facebook. 
this is this is the first year my son has ever been a part of something that I'm a part of. It claims that I was here you saw it. So this is the first year my son, and this this is this is Lord. If he sees this, he's going to be like, Dad. Okay. <laughs> so, but but again, he had a girlfriend who played volleyball, and so he was assisting the coach there. We're doing volleyball. And so he got, again, I'm feeding volleyball. He sees volleyball on my TV screen all over the house. And he's like, I guess I may have to get into volleyball. Well, his girlfriend was a body, is a volleyball player. And so he's involved in volleyball. I get a phone call the same day, same day. And my assigner said, hey, I see your son is there with you. Like they watched it on TV. I said, yeah, he's here. He said, do you think he'd be interested in being a line judge? I said, sure, let me ask him. And he's like, I mean, I get home for two seconds. I get in front of him, ask him this question, guys. And he said, yes, yes, I would love that. How much is it pay? I said, it's $50 a match. Oh, yes, I'm all about it. This joker made in one week, and it almost blew his mind. He made close to $400 in a week. Wow. And he said, Dad, I can quit my job at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I said, son, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But I said, uh, but understand it's a sport. So my wife and I coached him every day. And, and there were entities in which he got a chance to work with me. I would coach him then, make sure he's on, on task, make sure he's not messing up. Uh, and he learned. He learned. Now he, the seed has been planted. All I, all I do is water it. So that's it. And I do the same thing with my officials right now, my, even my new ones. Um, I, 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 I was talking about the conversation I had with my high school association. Um, what you guys don't know is that there were a total of 17 new people that I basically, hopefully, hopefully I got for this year to come help us at USAV. And most of them are already getting registered or have registered or are registering right now. Uh, because they are believing in me helping them. And there has to be somebody that is able to take uh, a mantle by the horn. I mean, I grew up with the Paul Albrights in my world, man, who are hardcore. Steve Kenyon, who's hardcore. Dan Apol, who was all about knowing the rules, make sure you're locked tight. Rest in peace to two of those gentlemen, uh, Paul and Dan. But they made me pretty much who I am with with the with the conduits of Michelle and Mark Prater. I mean, I grew up down here in the South, but man, they refined my talent. And all I'm doing is paying it forward to the new people because they gave me they gave me opportunities. I want to give the young ones another opportunity as well. So I try to I try my best even to coerce them in in the long in the long run. I want to I'm trying every angle I can get them in. I want them in. You know, that's a, a question we also asked, Jan, and you, you, you two described it very different differently, but you're talking about the same approach as to uh, how you guys are there. The officials cadre are there for each other. And, you know, once you're in or once you are striving to be in, um, you know, you're not taking you're not going on that journey alone. You know, whether you yeah. have your good days and your bad days, there are people there to support you every single match, every single step of that way so that's good to hear that like again you know you, you guys talked about it very differently but you know you are you know circling in on the same just end result and the end goal and the goal of progress that you both want so that's really good to hear well guys it's just us i mean at the end of the day 
I don't see none of y'all inside the ref room. Well, Clarence is different. Uh, I don't see a lot of people like, you know, in our ref room besides refs. So if we're not helping one another, then what are we doing? And yeah, we I've only been in there to drop stuff off. It's, it's you know, just very quickly. Like you guys are in there. It's like it's just, uh, you know, you guys are uh, I think, Stephen, you mentioned it, too. You guys are a community within a community. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah. That's that's a perfect way to say that we are a community within the community and we we evolve a lot better like that. Because if we if we get diluted, things get a little bit. I don't know if you guys, are, I don't think I guarantee you guys have not been in a restroom. If you've been in a restroom and it's just refs and we all know each other or most of us don't know one another, it's kind of like it's smooth. The mm-hmm. minute the minute a cockroach comes in and we're like. <laughs> and all of us, not just one, all of us are like, why? Why is that? Why is that in here? Why? Did anybody know? Situation happened to us at girls this year. Girls or boys? Girls this year. At uh-huh. girls. At girls. We're in a ref room. All of us are just chilling and relaxing. In case you anybody know, like the ref room is like way on the other side with Jesus. It, it was a walk. Yeah, it, was a walk. It, was, it was a little bit of hump, but it was mm-hmm. it was okay. It was fine. A mom, dad, and a I think mom, dad, and a son and a daughter walked in and just sat down. In our ref room, and we were looking like, does anybody, is this somebody's sister, or brother? Or? So luckily, like, because I'm always that bad guy. So I'm like, excuse me, sir, ma'am, um, this is just for officials only. There's a sign oh. out there, you know, that also. Yeah, think, well, I did not be <laughs> that guy at that point, Clarence. That's for that's for you can be that guy or the higher heads up yeah. can be that guy. We'll, we'll, we'll be the bad guys when it comes to that stuff. Right. <laughs> If Bill Stanley came and he escorted them out like easily, but we look at like if we're talking and we're loud and we're stuff, and somebody walks in and somebody, it's like a movie. Everybody's like, no. Lunch like, gets quiet. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> that, I'm no, sorry, this may be taboo. It's that eyes wide shut moment where everything stops. Everybody's like, they're not supposed to be here, and this is exactly what it is. But you know. That's that's life right now as an official. We are our, we are our own community, and we do take care of ourselves as much mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah, I wanted to. You mentioned you know you can make good money as an official, and a lot of kids don't know that. You know, they get jobs at you know their fast food restaurants in in town or whatever, but you can stay in the game and and stay in the gym and and ref games uh, and stay close to volleyball. You know, maybe get some pepper in uh, in between matches or something, uh, and you're with your friends. Uh, uh, you can watch the game at a different angle too, which I think is a uh, is a great perk. But can you talk a little bit about some of those perks that that kids might not know about? You know, Jen mentioned getting to travel and being a part of that community within a community as being one of her top uh, reasons she's still officiating. Um, but uh, yeah, what are those perks that you take away or maybe that you see uh, as you start inviting uh, kids into officiating? Travel. The biggest thing is travel. Yeah. Uh, um, I literally like I have I have two. I, I'm only speaking on these two. There's multiples. I have a lot of mentees underneath me. But these particular mentees, they're like they're mine. They're like they're like my daughters. And again, we're we're at a we're at an entity right now where we need to bring in more African American females into the sport, and we don't have enough working this sport. And so those two young ladies that I have are African American females. 
who I literally like, I talk to them like they're my, I've talked to them like they're my daughters. I do. And they know who they are. And I always, I'm constantly, Hey, you good? Like, it doesn't matter if we don't have volleyball this week. Are you good today? I'm good. Um, just recently, one of them just lost her grandmother and she had to go back across the seas to go, uh, with the family and do all that other stuff. But I checked up on her every single day. I watched her Facebook feed, make sure everything's okay. I'm always making sure because whether we like it or not, we are mother and father figures to the young people that are coming up. I am 48 years old. I'll be 49 in February. And I have seen, I have seen both sides of the pill. I have seen both sides in which um, you see young people who really have a, a, a good, a good grasp of the game and then they just disappear. Or you see some people who are really good officials who basically just stop officiating and you're trying to find out why are you not doing it anymore? And um, most of them, well, more, this is the answer that I get more than not was I got a better job opportunity and I'm going to take it. And I understand that I do. I get it. Um, There are, there are, at least 15 to 25% of officials who only officiate. Um, more than half of that are older, over the age of 65. Because that's, I mean, they don't have to. They don't have to work. They're retired. They got a job doing something else. Um, I don't know, been a Walmart cashier. I don't know what it is they want to do. But they enjoy that part of it because younger people, it's just an expectation of younger people are going to come and help the sport grow. Well, again, sunk a dead horse. That's not that did not happen. And that's where we at the point we're at right now. I, I'm a firm believer of change is going to happen eventually. Think things are going to get better. Just got to be patient. Yeah, I think that's uh Volleyball, the sport of volleyball, USA volleyball, uh, just couldn't couldn't thank you enough for for helping in your in your region, helping grow the game. And I think you know all of our listeners here can take that away from this episode, if nothing else, is just look for ways to keep kids in the game. Um, right. And you know whether that's playing, whether that's coaching, whether that's officiating, whatever it is. Um, just keep them in the game because that will only help this sport grow uh, overall. I tell coaches all the time, you know, you can you know you get paid better money being over here. So <laughs> I always I always tell them, I was like, don't you should definitely come to the dark side. It's better. <laughs> Love that. It's better. Well, I mean, it just seems to me. Yeah. Right, sorry, dude. Like, all right, no, I'm, I'm, me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. We, I think we everybody all on this call, we're we're Lara, big Star Wars fans. Laura so Fawcett is also and, Andor. Everybody go with Andor. Yeah, I'm all caught up. I haven't Love started it. it, so don't even oh! don't even say anything. New call. I'll hang up oh! right now. Do not spoil the thing. I have not I started it. I won't, but you well, gotta watch it. It's the best amazing. Laura and I talk about it all the time. Yeah. See, I'm with Curtis. He's gonna watch it on his holiday break. Oh, I'm doing the amazing. same thing. And if, if, but if you binge it, like I'm telling you, you're gonna have to watch it again because there's a lot. Of, sorry, I'm not gonna get into the interviews a lot. We're talking about volleyball. Okay. Uh, but no, but um, we're we're nerding out. This is part of the podcast. We go off yeah, the rails sometimes, you know. It's amazing how you're from Long Beach and you nerd out like that. Uh, but yeah, um, 
it's one of those simple, simple mindsets that I have, that I have, um, I think I, it, I had to grow to get this mindset, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm be honest. I, um, the only person that's probably refereeing enough matches than me, which is kind of ironic, would probably be Jane K. Out of all the people that's probably refereeing harder than me, as like she did basically what I did to get to where I'm at right now, which is I refed. I did a tournament every every weekend, like starting the the first year, the first week of January. Like I'm gone, and I am gone until July. I was refereeing my last season of me officiating at All Stars or high performance was 2018, 19. The last time it was in Fort Lauderdale and the water and the water messed up. That's the last time I've been there. We were having a conversation with her about yeah. that too. <laughs> oh, was it 18? 2019, 19. yeah. I was there too, yeah. Uh-huh. Woo! Yeah. We would never talk about that. <laughs> the water crisis. Oh, Lord, that was the, man, the water crisis in Fort Lauderdale. Um, that was the last time I officiated from January to, uh, to, to July, like, as an official, not as a lead, not as, uh, not me doing a lot of work for, um, uh, for uh, opens or for, I mean, it was just I was just that guy. I just I grind. I was that guy that would work. So if if I work if I rep this weekend, it, it would be fifteen matches. Next weekend, fifteen. That's thirty matches. And then the next weekend after that, maybe twenty. So I went from thirty to fifty. And now I got another one. I'm coming back and be twenty one. So now I'm working seventy five matches in a week in in a month. So think about that. You're doing seventy five matches a month. Like I'm officiating 75 matches a month. I did that math. I like there's nobody in the world that was doing any more officiating than me. Not one. Maybe one. I know one now. Now that it popped into my head, I know that one guy. But that's the only one I know. But again, he grinds too. And but in order for you to get good, you have to work matches. You have to know who Ron Cordes is. You may not like it, but you gotta know who Ron Cordes is. You gotta know who Mike is at Munciana. You gotta know who Max is at an Mentonet. You gotta know who those big club directors out at Wave. You gotta know those jokers at Wave. You gotta know the jokers at T Street. You gotta know the jokers at TAV at Drive Nation. You gotta know all those big names up in Iowa. You gotta know all those cats in Kansas City. Uh, you gotta know every day. You got you you have to get your face out there. The biggest thing that officiating that people are scared of is to get the, to get their faces out. You cannot. I don't. I tell all my officials. I got one. I got one guy. And I love him to pieces because he says, Sean, what I got to do to get better? Get away from Nashville. And he said, what do you mean by that? I said, you need to see better ball. You need to see better officiating. The only way you're going to see that is for you to be in a situation where you're going to have no choice but to see it. Qualifiers breed good officials. They breed good officials. They're either going to make you or break you, but either way, they're going to make you see your faults or they're going to show you that, you know what? I deserve to be here because it's hard to be an official in today's society, trying to juggle the realities of how do I get better? But I'm I like, I like staying where I am. No, no, you can't live in the fact of living a mediocrity thinking that it's going to be like, like you're going to be in first place because you're living there. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It, it, it doesn't. 
Life dictates it, whatever it's going to dictate. You can sit a chance to steer it how you want to, but you, you came to stop it. So what, what do you do? Well, I got to get better. What made me get better was the fact I'm working these matches and I had people who really, who I didn't think cared two cents about me. They cared way more than I could ever, I could ever conceive. Like I will live and die and Steve King will always stay in my mouth because, and I call him Pops, knowing that he's like maybe seven or eight years older than me, but I call him Pops because he's wise. And he threw me in the fire, bro. He threw me in the fire. When, when, when Little Big South was A-Town Showdown, he threw me in the fire. And I have never been ripped, ripped up a whole tournament. I felt deflated and defeated. Like my first or second year at A-Town Showdown. Because I really felt like I was not that good. I needed to get better. And it took, it took all four of them, including Darren Reese, I forgot, who basically like pushed me and said, hey, there's potential, do this. There's potential, do that. There's potential, stop making stupid decisions. Don't interject yourself in the match. Stay relaxed, stay calm, just facilitate it. That's all we wanted to do as officials. We're just supposed to facilitate a match. I'm not trying to insert myself. I just want to just make sure things are going along as they're supposed to. And that's what I want to give, and that's what I want to sing to all of my officials so they can know what's going on. I think that's important because uh, a lot of people listening, maybe they're coaches, maybe they're players. They they don't see that side of the thing of the game, officiating side. They don't see how much you care about being a good official uh, and how much work you put in of being a good official and the mentorship that goes on in the in that on that side of the game, the training that goes inside of the game. So I yeah, appreciate having you on here to to be able to share that because. Um, I don't think everybody sees that. And I, I think that's awesome. Well, I think we have to show it. I mean, yeah. my, I mean my, my favorite player is, is Logan, not because she played at Texas, because I was here when we went, when we, she asked me, she used to always ask me questions because she was playing at Brentwood here. And she was like, literally like freshman, sophomore, <laughs> junior of the year, Gatorade player of the year. Yeah. It was her. I mean, and the reason why is because like, I, and, and, and I told her mom and dad, I said, when she go to the Olympics, I need, I make sure I get a set of tickets because I'm the one that got her there. I told her mom, no, I'm the one that <laughs> yes. got her. Now, granted, her mom and dad would be like, shut up, Sean. But I'm telling you, like, if you yeah. think of it, this, this young lady would literally like, Sean, like, did you not, like, she would literally look up to me and like, Sean, why is that a fault? And I have to tell her why it's a fault. And she's like, got it. Big sense. So not only is she growing in that mindset, now whatever I gave her, she could take that with her. Now she's the chief and a captain of Texas for two years. Like, come on. Like that, that, that way, that, that makes me feel good. That, 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 that young lady is at a place in her life where I, can, I gave her enough of an impact of how the game looks from my perspective and she can spin it to how she wants to. And this is how we as officials can also affect the lives in the volleyball community by reaching across in the right and correct way to these young ladies and young men who are coming up. Now, it, it, it is a very fine line how we communicate to these young ladies and young, and young men in volleyball. And I never cross those lines. And I pray none of my officials have ever crossed that line. 
But the biggest issue that for me is the fact that we still have to there still have to be a line there because I want to make sure that, hey, if you're doing well, I'm going to come check on you, make sure she's good. Or I will check on them through watching them on. on and I've, I've watched me and my wife have watched her players, my players. Uh, I've officiated over the years multiple times on ESPN or other uh, other networks because I want to make sure that they're doing really good. Um, the the setter for uh, Nebraska, Nicklin Haynes. I, I I tell her all the time. I made you. I'm the one that was calling all those doubles on you when you were a doggone senior. I was eating your, I was eating your lunch. And she laughs and we and her, myself and her dad and mom, we all laugh about that. Because again, iron sharpens iron. I'm I'm a firm believer in that biblical principle. I I, I am. And it takes and, and, and it, it takes somebody, some official that has some form of inclination to be like, you know what? That player is gonna be good. She's gonna she's gonna be something one day, or he's gonna be amazing one day. Watch him. He's gonna be really good. And I have a few of those. And I love them to pieces, but I have a better relationship with their parents than I do with the kids. And that's why I'm allowed to be able to have that conversation because a lot of people, they were scared to talk to these parents. I'm not. That goes back to that symbiotic relationship you you mentioned earlier at the start of this. Just <laughs> Officials are just as part of the game as the players, the coaches, the parents, um, and, and just as part of they're just as big of a part of the success of that player yeah. um, than any of that. So yeah, that's awesome. And you were talking about Logan Eggleston, Eggleston uh, with, with Texas. Is that right? Yeah. I love that. that that's relationship. right. That's right. I love yeah. that relationship that, you, that, that you guys have. That's, that's so cool. A player and mm-hmm. official relationship. That's <laughs> awesome. But I had the same thing with her sister. She's now at Cincinnati. I had the same thing. She, she's not the only one. I had the same one with Nicklin. Um, I had the same one with, you know, it's, 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 it's those, those little bitty few young ladies who are, I mean, they ask questions and I give them answers. Uh, their moms and dads will come after me and ask questions. They want to know, what can my daughter do to get better as a center? What can my daughter do to be better as an outside? Did you know that my daughter's been looked up by so-and-so and so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I know who they are. Yeah, I know your daughter's been looked at. I got that already. You already know? Yeah, I know, because I know these coaches. That's another thing. Officials are scared of coaches. No, we're not. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. We just, we, officials draw a line there when there shouldn't be a line. I mean, would you guys agree? I don't, I don't I think agree. there's, no, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a line that it shouldn't be there. It should be like, hey, I'm Sean. Hey, I'm your coach. Cool. All right, cool. Let's make sure we get along. Well, I think that, coaches. yeah, that's how, Go right back to your example at the start of this with the the coach that walked up to you and was respected, respectful towards you. But that's how you grow uh, on both sides. Uh, And that's how we get better. And that's how we just improve the game overall. So I think, yeah, you're right. There shouldn't be a line there that you should feel comfortable on both sides to to approach each other. Yeah. Volleyball is a, a game. A game. We're all in this together. We're all in this know? together. Yeah. And there's variances between coaches and officials too. Officials and players, pl- coaches and players, coaches and coaches, and you got to minimize those. Just know how to talk to people. And yeah, you know, it's hard. It's harder than you think sometimes. That's where a lot of those, you know, the miscommunications come from and those misunderstandings that you know result in a lot of unfortunate things. You know, from a coach's perspective, from an officiating standpoint too. Just yeah. a, a different angle of the game you're looking at. But you're, but we all have the same goal at the end of the day. It's something we should all remember. Yeah. 
really quick um, before we're we're getting to the time here. This has been an awesome conversation. Oh, yeah. Sean. Thank you so much for for digging into this with us. Uh, any, really any, anytime, any, anything for you guys. Anything this for you is, guys. This is a lot of fun. No. And I, I look forward to our conversations at, at events now. And I, I, I want to dig into Star Wars a little bit with you. Uh, when oh, we get let's on the go. Ground together. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm all new. I just got an idea for opens. We might have a, a theme day, you know, like like it's uh, hey, like, hey, like a decades day, doing, like bro? a crazy sock day Dude, or a Star Wars day. Up, or like I might we might throw a Star Wars day in there. How about all right. that? I'm with might that. I'm about all that. about that. Make it happen, Clarence. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a real good marriage. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> oh my gosh uh no uh because besides officiating you also play another role at, at a lot of our events with usa volleyball you you do some announcing and arena announcing uh for the championships um and wanted to kind of ask you about that how did you get involved with uh announcing how did that start uh all right so i i have to give all praise to uh ken 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 is the dude ken Corum. ken yeah, Corum. Ken, yep. ken, ken Corum yep. is the dude who uh got me all into he he's the one that actually told me hey sean you got potential man because i know you can sing and um I was like, yeah, I, I've dabbled in that before. I've done that before. He's like, can you really? I was like, yeah, I can announce. It's not, it's not, it, to be honest, it's not hard. It's not hard to announce. Now, at All Stars, it was hard because we were all together. The stack was weird and how things were going, but that's something that, you know, that's above my pay grade too. All I do is just come and we'll work and figure it all out. But um, Ken, oh, in Dallas. I think we're in Dallas. Ken had to go home the next day because he had to teach. I think because, you know, he's a school teacher. Yep, yeah. So he had, to, he had to leave early to go teach. And he says, anyway, you can you can take my spot while I'm gone. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll make that work. So I worked the first three matches that morning in Dallas. And then I had to announce the next four or five matches. And uh, I had to figure out how to juggle it all because I love my wife. My wife says this, my, my aunt, who's almost like my mama says the same thing. She's like, anytime they put a mic in front of you, you're dangerous. <laughs> and, and I said, no, say I'm dangerous means that constitutes that. Like I have a real flip mindset of, you know, things that are on my mind. They're like, no, you get a, You get a mic in front of you. Like you control everything. And uh, stop plans. I see you bobbing your head. And so I had I got that opportunity. It grew. We had a change of, you know, change of a whole thing that happened in USA Volleyball. Uh, one year I, I was like, I asked questions. They're like, oh, we got we got everything together. I don't think Clarence was even there at that point. If you were, you were up in another section of USA Volleyball. I, um, I didn't see Clarence at that point. But... I end up working a match. I, I don't recall where we were at the season prior to where were we at last year. Or which one? For girls, Junior Nationals, for girls. Indianapolis. Was we were girls. just in Indy, and then prior to that, we were in Vegas. Okay, yeah. so the, the boy, but the boys were closer. Boys was in. Um, was it Louisville? 
No, 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 no. That was Arizona, Arizona. Phoenix. Oh, Vegas. No, they were in Vegas. They, they, Cur- they Curtis, our producer, just timed in. We were in Vegas. Yeah, so that's Vegas where the girls were, and the boys were somewhere different. So we were just like I was just getting getting my footing together, and I finally got a good a good piece of what I wanted to do, and I was only able to work like maybe two or three matches that season, and then this season popped open, and it was like I I did um, fans got me in there for opens. And opens was a bombshell. Like it, it created creative entities to the point they were like, dude, like I didn't know you did it like that because I had to put my own flair to it. And the hard part was you see, you hear Ken do it or you hear how uh, the commentators do it at these volleyball events. And you're like, I can do that. I can do that. It's like you have a script and all my script is already pretty much planned out. But it's how you deliver what you're what, what you're given. And so <laughs> I can't say a particular team name for uh, <laughs> for purposes uh, that are not not conducive to our reality and the show. But Clarence clowns me on this name constantly because of how it comes across. It does sound bad. But it's actual clear verbiage of what their name is. I mean, yeah. just to quickly defend that, that's just uh, that, those are those are like majority of the open team oh, names. God, yes. Adults, oh, that's God, just yes. adult volleyball. They have fun it with is. it all. So it, it is, and, and I love that entity of the volleyball. Mm-hmm. But when you're the an announcer and you have to say it, you have to find a clever way to deliver that. And I've learned that clever way because of my personality. My wife said, "Be yourself. Just don't change it. Just be yourself." Mm-hmm. So the minute I put my foot in the ground and became myself, and then this whole thing just blew up and burned. And uh, man, I love it. I love it because it, it keeps me in in tune to uh, what I do for a living, which is singer songwriter producing. It just it just adds more to that, and I love that. It, I love that part of it because it's, it splits my. It's don't get me wrong. Don't make clear to think like this is easy. This is not easy. Because there are a lot of moving parts and you have to make sure you have your script is like my my script. The biggest problem I had this year, and it was it was such a really small minuscule problem was I'm thinking my script is like girls. So I make girls and I'm doing my script. Then I go to boys. I'm bringing the same script and boys are like, no, your script's going to be a little bit different. And I didn't know it was that different. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure that out on day one when I announced. I was like, oh, this is how this works. Yeah, now, and even my, opens is a little bit different, too. Like, yeah, you know, even but again, but even from between, if, if I'm working a match with Clarence, if I'm working for Clarence and then I have to switch and work for Megan, it's different. It's just different because they're two different. They're, they're actually three different people. It's, 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 it's Clarence, Megan, and... Oh, you forgot Kelsey's name? Kelsey Ooh. Kels. Ooh, yeah, I'm telling I'm in trouble now. Uh, I'm text message right now. It's not going to be cool. Ah, don't do it like that. Hey, but it happens. We're not perfect. Yeah. At any rate, like every three, they're all different. And how they want things done is different. And I had to go in with the mindset of trying to be able to get this information from everybody to make everything work for them. That was probably, it wasn't a hard part. It was difficult because I didn't know I had to do that. Mentally, I wasn't prepared to do that. I was like, just give me the script, just shoot it the same. And it doesn't work like that. And luckily I learned that 
and was able to finagle myself through and to make, hopefully gave a good product for the young ladies and uh, young men out there for this year. I feel the, I feel the same way when you say you're dangerous behind a mic, when they put a mic in front of you, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, su- yeah. I'm, I'm surprised we've lasted this long on the show with, with our mics in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all rock stars, man. Uh, thank you so much. No, oh, really. Sean, thank you so much. We really appreciate this conversation. I think uh, it's just bringing a whole new light to officiating that, um, like I mentioned before, just that I don't think a lot of people see. And I, I think it's important for people to see. I just, I just want people to notice that. Yes, I'm a black man in America, uh, sporting, uh, officiating a sport that is dominated by a lot of a lot of diversity. It is. Um, we are in a situation right now where we're short of officials, yes, but we don't have enough officials of color. And if I can get on here and speak on um, a, just just that little entity of enough, like just that little snippet right there, that, that's enough for me because I want to see more officials involved. Yes, I would love to have more color. I don't care what color you are. Just we need more. Um, and I think that in order for us to get better is that we have to be more encompassing, another word, because uh, it creates to being able to have a good connection with those higher ups. Um, by me working with, with Clarence, Clarence gave me an opportunity for me to work with Megan because I work with Megan. I mean, because I work with Kelsey, now I got a chance to work with Megan. And so all those things kind of roll into one. Uh, but Clarence is the one that gave me that opportunity. And I cannot, cannot, and I would never discount him. I love him like a brother. He knows that. Um, and I think that 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 plays a big part in our lives in today's society, in our in, a, in our volleyball circle, because it's a small circle right now, for now, for now. But again, we're like the third largest growing sport right now, and yeah. they cannot stop it. That's the problem, that they cannot stop it. And I think with that being said, we need more officials. And have we have, however we can get them, we got to go get them. We got a lot of, I, I mean, I literally talked to a lot of high school girls that were like, hey, I would love to do that. How much does it pay? That's the first thing I'm going to ask. How much does it pay? And I'm like, well, you can do this while you're still in college. Well, I'm going to college in Colorado. I got friends in Colorado. There's volleyball in Colorado. Yeah. There's volleyball <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was everywhere. Matter of fact, they got, they got, well, I don't know if this is going to be weird. I worked at NAIA Championship last year. I forgot that North Dakota even had a team. Bro, there you go. I, I was totally oblivious to that. And now yeah. I'm like, no, they do have volleyball. It's not there. just D1. It's everything, D. It's everything. everywhere, bro. Everything under the sun. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love that. Thank you for, for sharing that note on diversity and, and volleyball and specifically officiating. I think that's important Yeah. Uh, to grow this game and, and to make it better because you just we need people from all walks of life. Uh, all sorts of ideas, bring those new ideas, the new perspective into the sport. And that's just, that's only going to help it grow in all yeah. aspects. And I, I think we just need to continue that. And however we can, uh, whenever positions we are, we just need to do that uh, for everyone who's listening to. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we let you go? Uh, where can people reach out to you uh, if, if they need, uh, they have questions um, about officiating or anything, uh, where can they reach out to you? Hey, they can reach out to me at uh, sean.usav at gmail.com. That is Sean, S-H-A-W-N. I don't spell it like Sean Connery. I'm not English. 
<laughs> uh, oh, actually, be Scottish. I'm sorry, I still Scottish. Say, yeah, my wife, my wife would kill me, man. She's a big <laughs> James Bond fan. She wear me out. Um, uh, Sean S H A W N dot U S A B at gmail dot com. Reach me. Uh, that's probably the best way. I ain't giving up my phone number because people are crazy. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. If, if you if they really need me, contact Clarence. Clarence got all my info. There you and go. I know because I know Clarence is highly vetted. And he can vet people quicker than I can. Some of these folks I do not know. And I have to make sure they're going through the right thing. Wouldn't say all that, but <laughs> just saying, no, you got more clout than I got, bro. I don't have that clout like that. All, all I'm doing is living in the one day at a time. Taking it that's one it, bit at a it. time. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Um, hey, I am I'm I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for you guys for allowing me to be a part. Uh I mean, I'm just grateful for you all, man. I'm just sorry. I mean, this is something that's been needed. We need this. We need more of this, to be yeah, honest, yeah. Uh, because we don't have the discussion. Like, I would like to have this after, like, the tournament. Oh, so yeah. We can sit down. We can dissect it from our perspective. Mm-hmm. I like to sit down like this well, with, with, after the men's championship. Let's chat it up. Let's chat it up and see, you know, what did you think about this particular scenario? And we're all talking on it. Like, there, is, there isn't a huge volleyball platform where we can discuss stuff like that. And I think this is where it can start. This is where it can begin. So, I love that. Yeah, don't be surprised if you see us walk into the officiating room then. That I, I'm taking this as an invite. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get kicked out of the official room now. <laughs> They're going to give you that look like, what? <laughs> you are lying your breath state. You're going to put that on me now. Don't put that on me. Have <laughs> all these officials give me the dog. I have, the proof, I have proof right here. I have proof. I'll show it to them. I'll show this clip. I got you. See, Clarence is different. He come in with a different kind of swag. And he, he'll right. be a little right. bit different. So I got to make we sure. We just come in with gifts. We just always that's have like it. stuff. That's it. That's, that's all. There you go. Okay. That's okay. A, yeah. That's the type of swag. So I, I got to bring some he, gifts. He right, brings cool. gifts and food. So everybody's like, oh, he good. Clarence <laughs> is good. Come on, Clarence. I'll take some of that event swag, uh, steal that from the room and then bring it Oh, over. yes. Take, take it from the VIP <laughs> room. <Good, Steven. laughs> uh, awesome. Sean, thank you so much again. Uh, this has been great. And definitely looking forward to, to connecting uh, at an event here soon as well. Hey, you know what? Let's do that. Uh, please send me a link to this thing so my wife can listen to it. For sure. Uh, for sure. If, 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 if I don't, she'd be like, why come you didn't even... So, I, it's going to happen already because she's just been texting and calling me already. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, shoot that to me so I can make sure that she, I can keep my wife happy, please. Will do. Yeah, yeah we don't want to put that on you. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that on me, man. This is, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll stay in touch and we'll we'll talk soon. Much love, guys. Yep. Peace you wow. I feel like we could just talk to Sean forever about all things literally uh, and yeah not even about volleyball we just talked about anything (laughs) i'm glad i i've definitely talked to sean at events and and uh and passing to at events but never really sat down for like a good conversation with them never had that opportunity so glad that uh we had that for this episode um such an awesome guest incredible guest for this episode uh for officials week on the usa volleyball show podcast um yeah just uh love i think the highlight for me was just that that story he told one of the first stories he told about how he just felt so confident uh being a ref so confident in volleyball that he knew everything there was about volleyball and um made a made a call that got a coach upset and, and was disagreeing with and 
Um, the coach just afterwards came and had a very civil conversation with him and mm-hmm. showed him the rule and the rule book even. And uh, that kind of humbled him a little bit. And uh, I think kind of set him on his path of, I don't know everything, but I want to, I want to know everything. I want to try to know everything and just be a better official for this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's like, it's funny you mentioned that too. Like, um, you know, I've had the privilege of meeting him from, you know, opens this past year and at girls too. And, you know, again, he can talk about anything too. very confident when he's doing his thing on the official stand and just a great person too. So, I mean, it's really good that, that was the reaction out of that experience there. And it wasn't just, oh, I'm done or oh, I'm not going to listen to you and I know what I'm doing and I'm I'm not going to, you know, receive what you're saying. Um, because I've even been on an end where um, I've gotten a few high school rules mixed in with club rules when it comes to certain things. I know a big one with look with how you can utilize liberals and games are very different than club than it is in high school. And um, I was approached in a very disrespectful manner from an opposing coach, not even an official. But that's a whole nother story for mm, another day. Yeah. But um, again, you know, it takes you know, it takes a lot of, you know, like like he said, humbling to just really take that step back and reanalyze things to there. And um I'll even, uh, you know, be honest and say I really appreciated him, you know, talking about our events team and, you know, being really thankful for the opportunity that he that he's had uh, in addition to officiating to just go ahead and call these matches, you know, for opens for girls and for boys. And it's just an experience. And he gets some, you know, really good um, receptive, uh, you know, just acknowledgement from you know fans and from us from on on a staffing level so you know big thank you there uh you know to you sean for being available and you know putting yourself out there like that but yeah you know it's good to see um it was really uh you really see the need for uh officials and how you know great that you know conversations like these are uh to have when it comes to wanting to uh you know address the official shortage that we have and bring more officials into the game and introduce them to the community within the community that they both talked about their own different ways, um, you know, for the betterment of our officials in general. Yeah. And I think to, speaking on that point, just the, when he was talking about the symbiotic nature of um, officials in volleyball and how that kind of goes hand in hand with coaches, with players, with uh, club directors, uh, all of that. And, and how how we can all just love the game of volleyball and help grow the game of volleyball. And officials are a huge part of that. If we don't have officials, then we won't have as many courts at nationals, you know, because mm-hmm. we, we can't staff those courts. Yep. Um, won't have as many tournaments around the country because we can't send <clears throat> officials to those tournaments. So um, and that just leads to less opportunities for kids to play volleyball. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, just agree with you when saying that's just within USA volleyball realm of things, too. There are so many other yeah, volleyball yeah. entities that, you know, these same officials work within, you know, with USA volleyball, uh, even AAU, you know, just two competing organizations and a lot of events overlap. So with that even being said, we also got to make sure we're taking care of our officials while they are under our umbrella working our events here, too. For sure. Yeah. I loved hearing him talk about the benefits of officiating, too, and mm-hmm. it kind of uh, hit on the same points uh, as our last interview with Jen in mm-hmm. episode 51. Um, just be just the the opportunity to travel, see new places. Um, obviously, you're working during those times, but you can get out and, and see new towns and mm-hmm. places, new communities, new cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, the opportunity 
you know, it takes a little bit to get up there, but travel internationally too, mm-hmm. uh, to get to that level. But, um, I think that's incredibly cool. And, and what, what you mentioned kind of at the start of this, uh, towards the top of this, but your highlight from Jen's conversation was the community within a community. And I think that's, uh, something that Sean talked a lot about as well. And just a cool part about officiating and, uh, can't wait to walk into that officials room at, at nationals. <laughs> I know this upcoming season. And and it's funny too, like it's kind of circling back even to, uh, to Jen's interview, where it's just like, we would always see each other, you know, I'm either handing her, you know, score shooter or, you know, helping out with whatever they need to go into the courts. And it's just really, it's really, yeah. it's great to just be able to sit down and have a conversation. You know, you wish these conversations were in person and you wish we weren't over, you know, Microsoft Teams having, you know, these podcast interviews. But one, we'll take what we can get. And, you know, two, these are just still amazing conversations coming out of that too. So now that we do, when we do meet in person, you know, we'll have those, uh, you know, it, you know, just more more ground to connect on those insider jokes, those insider, you know, conversation points. And, you know, just it just helps build bonds and relationships for sure. Yeah, uh, very, very much looking forward to keeping the conversation of officials going through future episodes uh, and hopefully can touch base with Sean, too, uh, at an event next year. Uh, but thank you again, Sean, for for hopping on and, and spending some time with us. We really appreciate the conversation. Hope all the listeners really appreciate the conversation and got a lot out of it. Um, there's there is a real need right now for officials, like we mentioned, uh, at every level across the country. So wherever you are in the game of volleyball. Just keep that in mind. Um, do your part to to help grow the game, especially on the official side. Be nice to a ref, uh, even if they make a bad call. Um, it happens. We're all human. Yep. Um, but love um, and kindness. Love and like kindness. Patty, like our director of officials, Patty Rose yep. says, love and I kindness. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Again, thank you, Sean, for for taking the time to sit down with us. We're we're really excited to to keep this conversation of officials going and and just help grow the game of volleyball. Mm-hmm. Before we get into events, should we talk a little NCAA? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so you had, we're back you had into Wisconsin, it. is that right? I had Wisconsin. I'm going to split right now because my bracket is technically not done yet. So right now, from what I've seen from watching Selection Sunday, um, we will have, well, my top two right now are Wisconsin and or Nebraska. But we got to talk through that. So I got to make that decision and finish my bracket for sure. But, but yeah. Uh, why, why the Cornhuskers for you? I, I mean, it's the, it's Nebraska, like just the prestige, the legacy of this, of the program and the, um, the fact that they are going to be in Omaha for, for that final four in that uh, championship match. Uh, mm-hmm. I think these fans are, are crazy. They show yeah. up, they show up to watch their Huskers. And I think that's going to play a huge part, a huge factor mm-hmm. uh, for Nebraska throughout the whole tournament. Just that motivation to be able to play in front of their fans uh, in Omaha uh, in the final four and then hopefully in the championship match. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do like that choice. And that's kind of where, you know, where and why I'm split there, too. And, you know, in addition to that, we have a lot of uh, a good amount, a good portion of, you know, national team players and alumni um, from Nebraska. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just it, it, it'd be a Cinderella story to have that home town team come out victorious in this tournament. So um, I think I'm leaning a little more heavily towards Nebraska, even though I would love to see Wisconsin repeat 
because that also, if I'm not mistaken, has that been done yet? A repeat? Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's been repeats. I, has I, we been? might have we might have to look that up and and okay. come back don't, to that. Don't but, quote me there. Don't quote. But me. I will what? say, I will say, um, I pulled some some fun facts from uh, NCAA's website about the tournament and uh, including Wisconsin. Uh, I think I forgot. I think I knew this last year, but I forgot this was their first or last year was their first ever yes, that is championship for the first. program. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a ton of motivation for, for, for their program to just kind of keep that going. Um, so, and they're, they're coming in top ranked seed, right? Or uh, in the bracket. Yeah, they are the ones and their quadrant of the bracket. Uh, we just we just heard from Curtis, our producer, that Stanford, uh, another favorite for this tournament, they went back to back in 2018 and 2019. So that has nice. been done before. Um, but I'm not sure if uh, the team that's won their first ever championship has gone back to back. So we'll see. We'll see. A uh, couple more fun facts, though. Four teams uh, in the bracket this year are making their first ever tournament appearance. That is Delaware State. Farley Dickinson, Quinnipiac, and Southeastern Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, so huge congratulations to those programs. Uh, definitely a phenomenal feat to to make this tournament. It's such a hard bracket. I, I've I've found out, especially this year, that oh, such yeah. a hard tournament to get into. A lot of teams were kind of left on, left out, including my my college, Texas State. <laughs> but. Um, uh, yeah, congratulations to those programs and, and looking forward to watching them uh, in this tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and for reference, I didn't mean well, I wasn't laughing at, uh, you know, your college seat. I was laughing at the way you presented that. That was pretty, that was pretty funny. Just, <laughs> they, just wanted to... they often make the tournament. They're, they do. They're, mm-hmm. they're very good in their conference. It's just when you get up to the, to the higher level teams, it, uh, it's tough. Quite get it's there, really but. tough. I mean, it's, it was just last year we were we were talking about the same thing. We did our own uh, podcast bracket that was completely busted, but we don't need to go through that. <laughs> yeah. <one right> there. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go through that there. But I think it's also interesting um, for those of you with ESPN Plus access. Um, for those of you who have that uh, subscription there, um, ESPN Plus will be offering um, a new channel called the Fifth Set which is basically an all day whip around um, uh, coverage of, you know, of, oh, of cool. the tournament. And it's basically like NFL like Red, Red Zone. Zone. Yep. Yeah. Just like yeah. NFL Red Zone. So that That's was cool. really, really interesting to see. I do have ESPN Plus. So I'm going to be taking full advantage of that. That was news while, to me. So thank you for telling us that. <laughs> uh-huh. While while I'm at Mountain Classic uh, in Salt Lake City uh, doing it there, I'll be at the championship desk and also have <laughs> the tournament pulled up on the whip around. So. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing that. I had no idea they were doing that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to have to maybe uh, uh, touch base with my dad, see if I can get his ESPN Plus account. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to get the, the uh, Disney Plus bundle. That's the easiest thing. I actually I, I do need to check out on that. I think our, our phone provider offers that um, as go. a – but. I'll look at that. I'll look at that. That's awesome that they're doing that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Just gives more exposure for for volleyball on these teams, these programs. A um, right. couple more fun facts. I have two more for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the longest hiatus from the NCAA volleyball tournament uh, belongs to Houston, and they're back mm-hmm. in the tournament. Their last appearance was in 2000, oh, which is awesome. Uh, and I know years. 
Yeah, that's crazy. And I know a former guest of ours, Rita Buck Crockett, is going to be watched in Houston very closely as she uh, is alumni from Houston. Oh, yeah. And uh, she'll be watching anyway because she's volleyball. Yeah. I would person. love to watch a game with her. I want to watch that with her. I want to see how intense she is. Mm. I want to see how she, you know, critiques and gives her, you know, feedback. I just, I just, I just know it'd be just, it'd be just an amazing thing. To just experience. that's something we need to do. We need yeah. to do a kind of a, a reacts video, um, uh, which is some alumni or some USA volleyball athletes, uh, current athletes, and just watch some volleyball. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I know it'd be great. And one more fact for you. Penn State remains the only team that has earned a berth to all 42 championship tournaments. Uh, while Nebraska is just right behind them, then they've appeared in all but one. But that's incredible for for that program. I actually have Penn State going kind of far, mm-hmm. if I remember right. I need to, like I said, I need to go ahead and get my uh, my bracket completed, but. Again, I think I'm going to end up having the Cornhuskers too. But yeah, this is insane. Just even going from last year to this year, so many. I wonder how many upsets we're going to have. Got to love those. Yeah, with uh, I think uh, and I don't know exactly how it was done, but I know it was done differently. The seating. Um, yeah, it was. And I, I know they explained that a little bit uh, on Selection Sunday, but it's very technical, very. Mm, I can't even find the other word in the, for it, in the weeds weird. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Basically. Yeah. The, and I think that will set up um, some parody, some some upsets uh, potentially. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch uh, mm-hmm. anyway. But uh, we have uh, Curtis, Curtis Ward, our producer here, picked Texas. Is that right? I think he picked Texas. And then Laura, Laura Fawcett has Wisconsin. Oh, I might have that backwards. I might have that backwards. Curtis has Wisconsin. Correct. Yeah. And I think Lara might have Texas. I believe so. I can actually check her bracket right now. Um, I really, I really want it. I usually pick Texas. I I do. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Nebraska and, and Omaha. Yeah, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. I'm kind of in that same realm. And I'm kind of in that same route, too. And it seems, uh, you know, we have three Wisconsin, one Texas in this uh, on this podcast team right now. So, um, again, like we always say, may the odds be ever in your favor. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Anything else on the tournament before we get to upcoming events? Uh, I I just I'm excited. I can't wait. Got to do my bracket. And I just I'm excited to watch some volleyball. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And we have confirmation that Lara Fawcett did pick Texas. So good luck to to all of us here and, and everyone listening too on their on their brackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are what are the you had the schedule up earlier? What's the schedule for for this week? And, so, and I guess on for the tournament. So for this week, we are at. Um. December 1st through the 3rd is the first and second rounds. Um, and then we go on to the regional quarterfinals on the 8th and the 10th. Then we have a regional semifinal on the uh, 15th of December and the last dance national championship game on the 18th of December. And we will be in Omaha. I can't we wait. will be there. I'm excited. I've never, I've never watched an NCAA championship uh, or indoor, I guess, in in person, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I have not. I'm 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 honestly might cry. I'm, I might have a little tear. <laughs> I'll be watching this. It's going to be insane. It's going to be. 
it's going to be a fun atmosphere and, and we'll definitely have some some content coming out of that to, to share with everybody. Absolutely. But until then, let's move on with the the finale or the, the ending of this episode, the wrap up of this episode. Uh, let's get into upcoming events. Uh, we have the Beach Pro Tour Elite 16 Torquay, November 28th. It's currently going on right now. Began November 28th and goes through December 3rd in Torquay, Australia. The Beach Pro Tour Futures Subic Bay, uh, December 8th through the 11th in Subic Bay, Philippines. The 2022 Norseca Continental Final, December 8th through the 12th in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. On to the junior side of things, we have the Mountain Classic Boys Junior National Qualifier December 2nd through the 4th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Again, Clarence Hughes will be on the ground for that one. And you can also get a chance to meet Olympian Ryan Millar. Gold I will also be with Ryan, Ryan Millar. Millar helping him out with his autograph. So I'll be right there with him. <laughs> right there with him with your sheet of paper and a marker next to you. Absolutely so you can not. sign autographs as well. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, uh, that's funny. Okay, uh, moving on. The SSOVA December BRQ, December 3rd through the 4th in St. Peter's Beach, Florida. The USA Volleyball Beach Tour Hoosier winner national qualifier December 2nd, or sorry, December 10th through the 11th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Good luck to everyone competing in those events. And more details on all upcoming events can be found at usavolleyball.org. And again, a few more club uh, reminders. Registration is now open for all of our hosted national qualifiers. Salt Lake City Showdown, Salt Lake City 18 Showdown, uh, ASICS Show Me Qualifier in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, and I believe the Sunshine Classic Qualifier in Orlando, Florida. We are in the mix right now of accepting teams through registration. I know Sunshine Classic's got a ton of teams, and I already know that wait list is going Ah, uh, it's going down right now. So, uh, you know, be patient with our events app as we go through there. I'm literally on this call and <laughs> right after this call, I'm going to be continuing to accepting teams into the Salt Lake City Showdown qualifiers. So, again, registration is open. Get your teams in. If you have any questions, feel free to email uh, our events team at events at usav.org. More information on dates, divisions, deadlines, and et cetera can be found at usavolleyball.org. Good luck to all teams that are currently accepted and good luck to all teams that are in the acceptance process. Remember, listeners, you can rate and review, share with friends, family, teammates. It really helps this podcast grow and reach new listeners. Thank you so much for your support. Do you know a club that should be featured or maybe a, a friend, a teammate that has a great story that you'd like us to share? You can email us at the USAB show at usab.org. Leave us feedback. Let us know about any future topics you want to hear about on this show. Remember, new episodes drop every other Wednesday. And until next time, you are listening to the USA Volleyball Show, the official podcast of USA Volleyball. This has been the USA Volleyball Show with Clarence Hughes and Stephen Munson, produced by Curtis Ward. Our content producer is Lara Fawcett. Our marketing lead is Bree Jaycox. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate and review. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the USA Volleyball Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.